When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Like this, 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 like this,
Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. We're doing five this week because, you know, I've got the time. Um, <laughs> uh, we're coming at you at 11, 12 p.m. So last week we were able to do Beverly Hills on Thursday because I had an advanced copy. I do not have advanced copies anymore, so we're going to be doing it on Friday. Doesn't mean I didn't watch it. I watched it. I'm enraged by certain things, and I'm so excited to uh, bring that to you on Friday. So tell your friends, tell your loved ones, Beverly Hills Fridays are back. Uh, today we're going to be doing a Kardashian recap, and we're finally do we're going to do the third part. Yeah, third part of Coyote Ugly. Who thought a recap of Coyote Ugly would be nearly two and a half times the length of the actual movie? That's how serious Annabelle DeSisto and I take Coyote Ugly. But I seriously think you can like listen to this at any time, and I think it's I think it's fucking solid. Already one curse word. I gotta watch the cursing. I do. I but dude, I I gotta tell I just posted a TikTok about Lisa Rinna and her rat problem. I mean, she is, it's funny that Lisa Rinna has a rat problem because she is like the main rat problem in, like she is the rat problem. Like she is a, anyways, we'll get into that on Friday, but this fucking, this TikTok, man, I, I gotta tell you, you start flipping through videos and then it's like, it's always these fucking dog videos. Like the, you know, that website, the Dodo, and it's always like they rescue dogs and like you know the dogs are all mangy and has like big tumors on them and all that and then it's like you watch like this three minute video where the dog's like brought back to health and it just breaks my heart every time even though it's like it's a good (laughs) i just sit there and i know i'm like oh man this is gonna get me so sad man and it did i just fucking watched one while i was waiting for the song to load and i was like oh man it's a big tumor man like that's dogs that's a big tumor and then the guy the guy just found the dog and with the big tumor and then brought it to the doctor and then they made the the surgery on the tumor and dog was in the hospital for five days and then he brought him some meat and it was just so beautiful and i'm just like why do i watch this shit like we don't deserve dogs but also like why i why do why, i can't handle these things they gotta put war i don't care about sex and violence i don't these dog videos can't, can't take it can't, literally i'm like I'm like affected. I'm like, I want to know what's going on with the dog. What's going on with the tumor? You know, how are you guys doing? Are you good? (laughs) It has been a busy ass day as all of these days have been this week, but really got so much work to uh, done. I want to say hello to the baddies, the Patreon. We did our first YouTube successful going live where we sent you guys a secret link. uh, And we did an hour and 45 minute live after Beverly Hills 
where we went into Beverly Hills, Summer House. We just gossip. We just got, we just a bunch of girls gossiping and it was a blast. So go join YouTube. You can get in. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, go, 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 go join YouTube. So bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. But if you want to get in on those secret lives, go to the Patreon and you can sign up at any level. So I think there's like a dollar level actually. Um, that you could even join if you wanted to, to be on that. Cause we're going to be doing those regularly. So it has been a busy ass day. I can't wait to tell you this other thing I'm doing that I got, I had such a, a fun meeting with this, uh, girl, Natalie Poucher, who does a podcast. I don't know. Some of you guys might know who she is already, but we had such a good meeting and it just reminds me like, oh man, it's, it sometimes is really fun to meet new people. It's just really hard to get out of your house. <laughs> you know, like sometimes that's the hardest part of anything is just getting out of your house. But once you do that, you're like, wow, the sky's the limit. It's just amazing out here. Uh, I hope you are having a, a good week and a productive week like I am. Uh, I'm so excited to be done with this week. Not in a bad way. It's just that just it's just been nonstop work. I'm really really blessed. Um, so today we're going to be doing a Kardashian recap because the new episode of Kardashians came out. I just watched it and I watched real world homecoming, new Orleans, um, on paramount plus. I, I, I really recommend real world homecoming. I think it's just such a well done series. And I think I'm going on hot takes and deep dives pretty soon to talk about that. And I haven't talked to, uh, Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives in a while. So I'm really excited to do that one. And it's so great because we don't cover it here. So I can't wait to cover it over there. Uh, Kardashians, let's just get into it. It was a an interesting episode. It, it wasn't a huh, as funny of an episode. It has a lot of things like little moments that are wild. But this revolved a lot, a big chunk of this. And by the way, I, I feel like we are all on the same page when we can say that... Um, the Kardashians need to be stopped. No, 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 no. I, we're all on the same page that this is Kim's show. Like it really is. I think more now, more than ever, you really go, okay, this is, this is Kim's gig. You know, everybody else is playing in the sandbox, but Kim is the sandbox. It's not even a weight joke. She looks amazing, but I'm just saying like this, Kim is the main monster. Not, I don't mean monster. I mean like King Kong. I mean like she's, she's the, she's the one. She is the chosen one. Uh, and like I said last week, one day she will take down Chris Jenner. Hopefully it's on the show, but I truly believe one day it'll be just like a karate thing where like Chris goes to chop and like Kim will like just grab the hand and be like, look at me, mother, look at me. I'm too strong. I'm too strong. And Chris will be like, no, you're hurting me. And then Chris, you know, then Kim will do one of those matrix things where it'll just like push her back and it'll be slow-mo bullet time where the camera will do a 360 move. And Chris is like fully off her feet. And it was like, ooh, like really intense music. Maybe Kanye will do some music and then we'll like do a bullet time 360 camera move where we see Chris just get pushed into space. Like that's how hard Kim's going to throw her back. And then Kim is going to be in charge of all the Kardashians. And hopefully she finally makes Kendall and Courtney work. That's, that's my main thing. That's finally get them a little work ethic. So this is season one, episode six. And this is the title of this is called, this is a life or death situation. So of course, in my dumb brain, I was like, oh my God, does this have to do with Scott again and Courtney? Uh, it turns out, no, it's it's actually about prison reform and Kim fighting to save somebody on death row. So really, really threw me for a loop this time. I was like, oh, oh, I'm I'm 
I'm way off. <laughs> like I was just like I was reading the description. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Kim awaits her bar exam results as she fights to save the life of a man on death row. It's like you know when you're just not prepared to read a sentence. Like I had watched Beverly Hills. I'd talk for an hour and forty five minutes and I'm alive. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch the silly Kardashians and take my notes. <laughs> and it's like save the life of a man on death row. <laughs> And then the next sentence is, Courtney and Travis continue blending their families while they try for a new one. It's just like, it is such a weird, I've said this before, um, you know, in other seasons of the Kardashians, Kim's work with prison reform, it stops me in my tracks. I can't make any jokes about it. I can't, I mean, it's truly admirable work. And you can make all of these arguments of like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, she has the power to da 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 da. Who cares? At least she's using her power for something good. Truly. Like, at least, I mean, that, this is, if celebrity is done right, this is an example of celebrity done right. It, it truly is. So it kind of like makes my job a little bit more difficult in that I really don't. But thankfully, there's a lot of other things I can make fun of around these storylines. But I got to tell you, I just this is one of those things where this aspect of Kim's life, it really impresses me and it really makes me rethink. And I, you know, maybe all of her intentions aren't good around it. Who knows? Maybe. But at the same time, the fact that she's even doing it to me shows a lot. And I know she's trying to, you know, impress her father who's passed away. And I know she's trying to impress all of us who said she couldn't do it. I never said she couldn't do it. I don't even think I even weighed in on it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these reasons, but who cares the reason? We actually see she's producing real results, real results. And you could have that argument of like, well, how sad in our society that only celebrity gets things done. Sure, you can have that argument, have it on your own time. The fact is, let's get it done. And if it is celebrity, we just got to be cognizant of it that's the universe we've created unfortunately and and hopefully we get celebrities to do the work i mean we've had that conversation and it's a much deeper conversation than sometimes i think this show can handle but you know there's a real conversation to be had and of course with the johnny depp amber heard trial is celebrity and these real things like government and law it's all blending you know all of a sudden law is entertainment crime is entertainment and our actual entertainment sometimes isn't even nearly as entertaining as the other stuff and it's a really weird time to you know i feel like we're reaching the zenith of all of this stuff don't you i think the johnny depp amber her trials is just a perfect example of like wow this is getting more eyeballs on it than most shows this is just wild um, also, I wanted to point – this is crazy. I've, I've mentioned this a couple times. I know I put out so much content you might not have heard it, but I have – I think I've mentioned this a bunch is that I had an Amber, Amber Heard connection is that the place I worked at, uh, I was good friends with one of the teachers, Christina Sexton, and Christina – was Amber Heard's, is Amber Heard's uh, coach. So I, Amber Heard, like I, you know, she, like I, Amber Heard made all of us brownies one time. And I was like, not a lot of actors do that. Like she was always fine. I, I didn't have really anything to do with her besides eating those brownies. And I would like, you know, see her around a lot. But Christina would tell me all these stories because she knew I was like a pop culture geek. And she would talk about the Johnny thing. I know she went to the wedding. She would go on vacations. But the whole point is Christina Sexton's deposition was today at the trial and I was like holy shit and I was I was like no way 
And, but that, isn't that crazy? Then I'm like, whoa, Christina got a job. And I'm like, no, she got a deposition at a real trial. But she talked in it of like that, you know, she would see Amber Heard cry a lot and that it wasn't fake because Amber Heard had actually had a hard time crying as an actor because, you know, crying is really easy for some actors and it's really hard for other actors. Um, you know, as an actor, you know, if I needed to cry, I would always think of a couple key moments in my life or I would listen to a couple of songs. I think I talked about this years ago on this podcast. There would be, there was like an, um, this is going to sound funny, but there, uh, there was a version of Mr. Jones by Counting Crows on Across a Wire from VH1 Storytellers where it's just acoustic guitar and there's this beginning of talking about we all want something beautiful, man. I wish it was beautiful. And it was like uh, it's this beautiful beginning to me. And I remember hearing it for the first time and it just made me cry. Kind of like one of those dog videos that I was talking about. In fact, if I need to cry next time, I'm just going to watch one of those fucking dog videos. But I would I remember that I was doing this play in college where I had to come on and be, you know, already at a crying level. And I would pl- I would play that in my headphones right before I went on stage and it would usually do the trick. So there's always these little tricks you do. Um, but I always find that interesting from a acting standpoint. I was like, Oh my God, she did a deposition. Like she wasn't live in the courtroom. They played a video. So I don't know if it made it to the, I haven't watched any of the streaming shit. Like I didn't, I know I see clips of it, but I've, I've not like searched it out. So I don't know if that stuff got seen or not, but I just wanted to mention that because I was like, no way. And I know a lot of you guys are into it. So I wanted to mention it because it really kind of comes into what we're talking about here in regards to death row. So previously on the Kardashians, just to catch you guys up where we were last week. Um, and Kim's like, I have only one. I have to study for the baby bar. I have one shot to do this test. My law, my law school journey will be over if I don't. And just to remind you, baby bar is the exam you take after your first year of law school. It is not the bar exam, which you take at the end of law school. So this just says I can continue on in my studies. We also had uh, Kim saying Kanye hasn't signed the divorce papers yet, but Kim's very sure she wants one. We also had the bit, we had huge Scott storylines last week where Scott's like, did I get banned from Thanksgiving? Am I banned? Chris, Kendall, what? Why should I be left out? And Kendall's like, at the end of the day, Scott, courts my sister. I just courts my sister. And you can tell Kendall's just really doesn't, she's not used to dealing with drama because her life has really been perfect in a lot of the ways. We get to the opening, we get shots of oceans, cars, palm trees, and we go right back to where we left off uh, last episode, which is in hell. No, it's in Chris Jenner's new backyard, and Scott's like, why didn't you invite me to your birthday? And Chris is like, she didn't have a birthday dinner, Scott, and Kendall's like, mom, I did have a birthday dinner. You were there. <laughs> and Kendall's like, Scott, I stood up for you. I always stand up for you. And Scott's like, well, why didn't you invite me then? And Kendall's like, I'm out. This is fucking ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. Scott, replay the fucking video. And they do a little cute editing thing where they do replay the video. And she's like, I'm so over this shit, Scott, for real. And she walks in and Scott goes, must be a rough life. He's like, huh? And he's like, 
if you don't want me as part of this family anymore, you got to let me know. And Chris is like, you know, Scott, Kendall is stuck in the middle here. She feels terrible. And I just, I don't, and in a talking head, Chris is like, I don't like when anyone's arguing in my family, especially my kids. But Scott needs to stop and get a hold of his emotions. And I'm like, Chris, maybe you need to stop talking about this part of it and talking heads and talk to Scott right in front of you. Like, wouldn't it be great if, like, Scott, I need you to get a hold of your emotions instead of telling us? Like, sometimes I feel like we're told before Scott is, you know? <laughs> so uh, Chris goes, you can't make someone feel the way you want them to feel, Scott, you know? But I, I can promise you it's going to get better. And Scott goes, yeah, or worse. It's going to get worse. <laughs> and and then Chris, just master deflector, goes, oh, my God, there's... She spilled pretzels all over the place because Kendall had made a little pretzel snack. Remember when she didn't know how to fucking cut a cucumber? Oh, still just nightmares. We cut to Courtney's house and uh, Kendall goes, you know, we get Kendall drive and she's like, I just had a big fight with Scott. Can I come over? And this is where it's kind of like the weird fudginess of editing and shit is that Chris lives in Hidden Hills and so does Courtney and all of a sudden they did a an insert shot of Kendall in the Valley on Ventura Boulevard which is like I know that area very well it's nowhere near Courtney or Chris's house so I'm just like the guys I, you know like I know you want to make things look quote unquote official like it's you know like the audience wouldn't know how Kendall got there if we didn't get a shot of a car you know like can you, we don't need that shot. Just have Kendall all of a sudden in Courtney's house and go, okay, I'm glad you came over. Tell me what happened. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think this is so stupid and maybe it's just, I've watched too many of these shows. Maybe everybody else needs that car shot. But for me, I'm like, what do you, what do you fucking think? I'm an idiot. <laughs> Which I mean, the answer is yes. The answer is they do because they're like, why are you even, you're not even our demographic dude. Um, so Kendall's going over the stories and Kendall's like, I've been in enough toxic relationships that I just shut off and walked out mid conversation. Now, this was an interesting comment because I'm like, Kendall, tell us more about your toxic relationships. I mean, truly, we don't know a lot. I mean, we know Kendall's dated a lot of, you know, she's with Devin Booker right now. We know she's had a lot of uh, athletes and things like that. But like, which one was toxic? Let us in, Kendall. Let us in. This is why you're cutting cucumbers in the wrong way. There's a lot of intensity going on in your head right now. If you would let it out on camera, I swear to God, it'll be better. Chloe is in the room with Courtney while this is happening. Happening, And Chloe's like, I've never seen Kendall and Scott fight. And Kendall's like, yeah, he was victimizing himself. I got to tell you, I am impressed with some of Kendall's wording. You know, it's like she nailed it. Like he is victimizing himself. Chloe says... Well, yeah, well, Courtney only cares about Courtney land. And as she says, says that Courtney's literally on her phone, just completely checked out during this conversation. And she goes, you guys, I gotta. And then there's just the longest pause. Like, truly, this wasn't even a joke. This is like, it must be, it must drive you up a wall to try to have a conversation with Courtney Kardashian. And uh, she's like, uh, um, in a talking head, she goes, I don't have the energy for this. My head is on another planet. I'm unsubscribing from this drama. Do you know how ballsy it's got to be to say that your head's on another planet when we all literally make fun of you for being lazy? It's like, yeah, Courtney, it's like the car shot. We don't need you to. T we know your head's not here. 
Like, honestly, your body's here, but your head is somewhere. Like, you've completely disassociated for, like, six years now on this show. Like, you don't need it. To, like, we know. Everybody. Your family knows. We all joke about it openly. Chloe goes, okay, Courtney, you got to talk to Scott. You got to set boundaries and just say, hey, stop talking to my family about these things. And Chloe in a talking head says, he's not going to. No, he says, she says this out open. She goes, he's not going to Courtney because he can't get shit out of her. So he goes to the weakest one because he knows to prey on you. And the weakest one is obviously Kendall. And she's like, did you say me? <laughs> Courtney says, I want nothing but the best for him since we broke up. Chloe says, I'm sure it sucks to realize what you did with your life, how it, you went, how it went wrong, you know? It is a hard pill to swallow, I'm sure. And what Chloe is saying is totally right. Like, when you make a mistake and fuck up, it sucks. And it's hard to accept that. And that's what we're seeing is Scott really not being able to accept that he messed this up. I would also like to say on the other hand, Chloe, you should know this feeling as well. You did a lot of this, like, you know, the Tristan stuff. At this point, it was on you. You were given enough signs and it has to be a hard pill to swallow that you are not going to be able to change that man. The next scene, we meet Scott Budnick, uh, who is one of Kim's friends and that works with her on prison reform, prisoners, all of this stuff, social justice. And she says, a good friend of mine dedicated his life to prison reform. He brought me in, taught me everything I know. And once I started, it was very difficult to stop doing this work. And he asked, well, what's, what, what's your, what's your uh, plans after you pass the bar? What's the next move? Every time somebody says, what's your plan after you, I go, the baby bar, the baby bar. And she goes, I don't know, maybe start a firm just for justice reform and just hire like ex-prisoners to work there, which is awesome. Like, it is kind of funny though of like how, like what scares me about a Kardashian getting into the law is like, like I can see Kim doing personal injury immediately. Like you got a crash, call the Kardash. <laughs> you know, you could see those billboards everywhere. You, by the way, she could do multi, like she could do billboards for, you know, the Kardash, you know, law agency or like you fender bender, call Chris Jenner. Um, but you could also like advertise skims on the same billboard. You know, like you could kill like two birds with one stone, like all of this shit could be advertised on one billboard. In fact, somebody's going to steal that idea one day. Damn, I'm just like, these are pearls, you guys, pearls. Um, so uh, also, I got to tell you, in the talking head, Kim is wearing, she looks like Grimace. It, it, is Grimace the purple character? He, she just looks, comp she's in this purple outfit that makes it look like she has no neck. So I was just like, damn, Kim, like, we get it. You're trying to learn how to dress, but, like, this ain't working for me. Did it work for you guys? I was literally like, whoa, where is your fucking neck? Like, do you know how hard it, like, where I was just like, oh, my God. Like, now I'm going to think, like, why don't, like, hey, I know you're trying to get the prisoners out. Let's try to find out where your neck is, you know? Um, we find out that Brandon Bernard, a prisoner that she did try to help, you know, free, she really got to know him in his last few days, and we see her talking on the phone with him, saying, I believe in you and do anything I can do to stop this. We see Kim talking with him on the phone while her nails are wrapped up in another uh, thing because he wanted her to put all of this out on her social, and he was, you know, on death row. And we even see Kim on the phone with Alan Dershowitz, you guys. Alan Dershowitz is a lawyer that was 
brought up in the Epstein case. Remember, it said he was one of the men that was sleeping with the very young women. He vehemently denies it. He was a Trump guy, you know, like he's a, you know, a brilliant law mind uh, and teacher. I mean, I don't, I think he's not as brilliant anymore and has a lot of issue, a lot of issues, but to see Kim chummy chummy on the phone with him, was just like, why? He's like, yes, Kim. Yes. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. It's celebrity. It's just a weird, the inner workings of celebrity friendships and celebrity doing things with a celebrity name. It's weirder and weirder the more I get into talking about stuff like this, you know? So we have her talking to the man who, uh, on death row, and he's saying the first thing they're going to do is put me in that chair, give me some sort of shot. And this is his last call. His last call on this earth was to Kim Kardashian. And, you know, he's telling her, you don't got to be sad. Kim's completely crying. And she's like, I couldn't hold it in. The fact that he was calming me down from crying broke my heart. And she says he was executed. She wasn't able to stop this one. And she said, this is why I do what I do. The system is broken. I want to share the process, show what our system is like and how inhumane uh, the death penalty is. I have to fight harder to make sure this doesn't happen to someone else. And that's a really noble cause. It is. It's a very noble cause. And I just kept thinking how wild that Kim Kardashian was this man's last call and that Kim took on that emotional I mean, just to take on that responsibility and to be this last man's call. Like, I mean, it just, you know, I'm just shocked that she did that or put herself out there like that. To me, that's the kind of stuff. It's like, wow, that's, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go light on you for two other things because of this. You know, I'm like, you know, like that's wild. So we go back to the scene and she's like, well, now I can't stop thinking about Julius Jones. He is on death row. His death penalty, his death uh, is coming up and the invites were sent out today. He's been on death row for 20 years. A lot of people believe him to be an innocent man. We see CNN, CNN news footage saying this case was shrouded in racial racial prejudice um the governor could get grant clemency or a pardon and the reason that the case is interesting because this julius jones was home on the night of this murder and he didn't even match the description and kim says it got to me as um his friends the co-defendants planted evidence and she was like i just keep thinking what if it was my son and i would be like yeah, man. Like, what if it was your son? What if Calabasas just all of a sudden got buck wild? Like, I understand the sentiment, but I think one of the things about being a billionaire is this potentially, probably, hopefully, pray to God, this will never be your son. You know, just they have so many more advantages than Mr. Jones and a lot of the people that she fights for. Uh, that's not neither here nor there, but it is one of those things that is uh, true, you know. And she says, I'm so scared of my boys being teenagers and just going out with the wrong people. Now that could happen. You know what? Like going out with the wrong people. Like what if they hang out with, I don't know, Tristan Thompson? What if they hang out with Food God? Like these are people that I would worry about as well. Like, you know, it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about what Julius's, you know, social situation was like, but 
yo, man, you really want anybody taking morality lessons from Tristan Thompson? Like, it is interesting how the world works like that. Uh, Scott Budnick partnered up to fight for Julius with Kim. And Scott says, what your, you know, what would your dad say? He would be so damn proud. And Kimberly's like, yeah, he used to say, you're so vain. Uh, he used to say, you're so vain. You don't want to be an attorney. You'd have to pull all-nighters and you'd get so many wrinkles and you'd have to stay up all night. Which I kind of like, like that the dad just shit-talked Kim a lot. <laughs> this is when I wish they had had hologram Robert Kardashian pop back up, the thing that Kanye made of him. Kim, just remember, you'll have so many wrinkles. And Kim goes, thank God for Botox. I mean, listen, she found a way. We cut two birds flying in the air. Interesting. And uh, the song is like, I'm the best. I don't quit. I'm the best. I don't quit. I got no limits where we're going. Now, it's a Chloe scene. And dipshit gets out of the car with her, Tristan Thompson. And she's like, Tristan's in town. And my house is still being built. So we get to use Kim's gym. She's We've been sharing it with her for a year and a half. And... Chloe's like, oh, my God, the weights are supposed to be this way. And Tristan goes, Chloe CD, like OCD. It's like, okay, Tristan, wrap it up, man. Wear a condom. Um, Chloe's like, we motivate each other and have fun in the gym. I'm like, yeah, motivate each other. Like, huh, Chloe, if you don't do 10 more push-ups, I'm going to cheat on you again. Ha, ha, ha. Chloe says, what did you say the other night, Tristan, that got that fan ejected? And we see a Daily Mail article of, like, the fan got ejected because some fans were heckling him about Chloe. And, you know, Chloe's like, I didn't get the details. And Tristan, just so noble, goes, yo, your past is whatever your past is, you know? Like... You know, they were saying, like, you just talk to a lot of different basketball players. And she goes, oh, he called me a whore and says I date basketball players. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I've had six boyfriends. Three are in the NBA. So what? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I love that Tristan was like, I stood up for your honor, man. I'm like, dude, first off, this guy shouldn't have been making fun of Chloe. You should have been making fun of Tristan. You know how easy that would have been? That would have been the way. But then for Tristan to bring it up like, I stood up for your honor. Hey, fuck nuts. Chloe didn't do anything wrong. Your ass did. Like, you know what I'm saying? The fact that, like, I need to talk to this guy that did, if he, this really even happened. It's, it feels like one of those things. Tristan's like, yo. Um, I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars if you'll say some shit about Chloe so I can look good in her eyes, you know, like, cause there, what are you going to like, there's tons of things that you can make fun of Tristan for like right there. I mean, Tristan probably cheated on her the night this happened. Chloe says, Tristan is a protector of his family. And, you know, I don't want him. Um, I don't want him talking to you know anyone but uh like it was just this chloe it was like chloe you you dumb dumb blinded by whatever love lust girl you dumb dumb it's so frustrating and chloe's like you're supposed to protect your family and uh i was like you could also protect your family by not cheating on your family like i these are obvious things but it's like these are the things it's like it starts at home right like uh, you know, you're going to get made fun of out there. I get made fun of every day now. 
it's just, but like, don't cheat. Kim comes in to the gym with four of her kids or I don't know how many. And all of a sudden I'm like seeing Tristan, Tristan's like blocking somebody, but I see these dirty rain boots and I'm like, Oh my God, is that Kanye? Like Tristan's covering him up. So I thought they were hiding him, but then Kanye does pop out and he's in his like dirty rain slickered boots and his big puffy coat. And, you know, just looks like the Michelin man. And they had like this wooden box where they're doing spider pranks you know, it's early in the morning and Kim's like, Kanye walked out of SNL, but I'll always take the high road. He's here to pick up the kids. When he takes them to school, it relieves me of doing it so I can do some work. And I'm like, how long is the school trip? Like, I mean, like, okay, how long does it take to get to school for you guys? And we find out Kanye's like, hey, check out what I'm picking up the kids in tomorrow. And it's a fucking fire truck, you guys, an actual huge fire truck. And he's like, hey, hey, you got you guys going to film this? And Chloe's like, hey, Kanye, this is a docuseries, so you can talk to the cameras now. And Kim goes, oh, here we go. Forty five minutes, like literally makes a joke about how much Kanye talks. And I'm like, damn, Kim truly is over him. And then uh, Kanye's like, hey, could I take a dumbbell? And he's trying to, like, weirdly show off one of his muscles. And, like, Kim does not give a rip. And I'm just like, oh, this is sad. You know that moment when you just know they don't like you anymore? Like, you know, we've all been where they just don't care. You're just like, okay, man, well, have a good one. Gotta get back to bed. Like, so Chloe says, they leave. And Chloe says to Tristan, "Do you do you see, like, do you think like, oh, what an amazing family they keep all these guys around? Or do you think how crazy it is that they keep all these guys around? And, you know, she's like, we have a strong, loyal family, you know, great co-parents. We we blend our families. We learned that from my mom and dad. That's how we were raised. You know, my dad and stepdad played golf twice a week. And Tristan goes, yeah, that usually doesn't happen. Blood in, blood out. Okay, Tristan. And uh, Chloe goes, Scott's never leaving this family. Kanye's never leaving this family. You're never leaving this family. And Tristan goes, you're never leaving me. And Chloe goes, I think it's such a beautiful thing. I'm like, you guys really need to rethink the Kardashian rules because you got to kick this fucking guy's ass right out of there. Like three strikes, you're out, dude. Like, I do not know. Like, why are we keeping him around? Like, so he can make you look like an idiot again? Like, truly. Like, truly, do, Chloe, do you think you deserve to be l looked at like a, a fucking clown? That's what this, like, he is there now just to make you look like a clown. We cut to Kim, and they're at this place called ARC, A-R-C. It's Anti-Recidivism Coalition. So this is Scott Budnick's uh, company. He dedicated money, resources, and time uh, for when people get out of prison to come to him for a job and a place to stay. And... It's about the Julius Jones case, and they're kind of going over, which, by the way, all of a sudden I noticed a poster of The Hangover in the background, and I'm like, what a weird place. It's like helping prisoners by early aughts comedies. You know? I'm like, what a weird thing to hang at your office, The Hangover. I don't know. It was just weirded me out. So we, he goes, we make a vision mood board for each person about which celebrities could help? And we see names on this board like Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Schumer, Vic Mensa, Jay Cole, Snoop Dogg. And they want to get a Zoom call going with all of these celebrities. 
And they're trying to get the governor to grant clemency, you know, or, or parole or something because it's a life or death situation. So Kim's like, let's divvy it up. Let's start texting. And the guy's like, I got Jake Cole, Snoop. And Kim's like, I got Demi Lovato, Katy Perry, Amy Schumer, James Corden. And I was like, isn't this interesting? Like, this is the way – I was like – also, I was like, is that how I – the only way I'll get to ever talk to Kim is if I get on death row? Like, then it's like, maybe I can talk to Kim. Is it worth – I don't think it's going to be worth it. Um, we see that Kim and this guy's activism is making a difference. We see Common throw out a message, John Legend, Amy Schumer, Mandy Patinkin all of a sudden pops up. And I was like, Mandy Patinkin? Weird. Uh, James Corden, he goes, goes, James Corden did the most amazing video ever. And I was like, oh no, is he about to do carpool karaoke for death row people? But it was just a message on his set. And I hate that I'm so jaded that I'm like, I look at this and with James Corden, especially I'm like, dude, he's just doing this to get in with Chris. You know, like, I hate that. It's like, I don't even believe it's from his heart. I believe it's just to get him further up the Hollywood ladder. I know, I know I'm horrible. Um, they're like, we need the faith leaders too, to get to the governors and this guy td jakes that's big in the faith leader world did a faith call and he's like jesus was an advocate for the oppressed and i gotta say this is the good thing about celebrity and uh but i was like it would be interesting if we make him then reach out to all of her exes like wouldn't let frankenstein dude she was married to and you know just like that's the thing that you would almost want to see like try to get a little reality show drama in there like all of a sudden she has to reach out to reggie bush and ray j and like hey ray it's me kim anywho how you doing um richard branson has put out a tweet killer mike carrie washington addison ray van jones and kim goes if i call any athletes they would pick up thinking i would want to hook up with them and then she goes we cut to the big fucking fire truck you guys sirens are wailing kanye i noticed doesn't have eyebrows uh in this scene sure um and uh, Kanye's meeting the firefighters that, you know, go with the vehicle. And he's like, you guys got cool firefighter outfits. And Kim has the kids and goes, oh, my God, your dad picked you up in a fire truck. How cool. And Kanye's with North. And she's like, did you tell Sainty? And North's like, fuck no. <laughs> she didn't say fuck, but, you know. Um, Kim goes, so, of course, in a very Kanye way, he comes in a fire truck. And uh, they're like, who gets to ride in a fire truck? And North goes, I do. <laughs> North goes, you know, probably not to school. People don't get to ride this, but firefighters do. And, you know, Kim's like, mornings with dad, you get dropped off at school. And the kids are getting to honk the fire truck horn. They're getting to steer. They're lighting fires on other houses in Calabasas and putting them out. No, they don't do that. Um, we see Chicago, the daughter, North, and they're, look at the lights, all the outside lights, Kanye's saying. Kanye's chuckling. Kanye puts on a fire helmet, and he goes, I think sometimes people are bashful to be super dads. You know, everybody wants to be cool dads, but sometimes you got to wear the fire hat. Sometimes you got to wear the Easter Bunny costume. And I got to tell you, yeah, but like the fire hat looked cool on him. I was like, I don't think that's dorky. I think uh, Easter Bunny, hell yeah, man. And North is doing, okay. You know the thing Chloe used to do of the okay? I can't do it. Okay. 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 Anyways, North's doing this annoying sound. Um, I do want to point out, though, like I just kept thinking, like, there was a massive fire that day, and they were short fire trucks, and 
this fire truck was uh, unavailable because Kanye and his kids had to go to school in it. No, I'm joking, but you know what I'm saying? Though it is just interesting that if you're rich, you can um, take a vehicle. You can take a certain like you know like where I'm just like, wow, that's wild. Like I could have gotten him in my Corolla. That would have been fun for him too. Like what is like we've never been in a cheap car. This is nice. Look at this. It, you have a stereo too. We cut to uh, Venice area, Courtney, her and Travis are in their baby trying to look at their eggs and follicles, all this whole journey. And I guess last time this egg follicle or the follicle, it didn't, the egg didn't go the way they would have hoped. So now they're looking for more follicles with this doctor and they find a good follicle. So they're all, you know, at all boners about the follicle. And uh, Courtney's like, this fertility journey is Travis. Fertility journey, Travis and I are on. We just stay in the moment and we do everything that we need to do. You know, it's nice to hear good news and be positive, but we wait to hear the thoughts from our other doctor when he gets to look at the follicle. And uh, Travis is like, That's so great. That's so great. Like, you're just really soft spoken again. And then they go out of the doctor's office, start kissing by the elevator. It's like, Whoa, man. And yeah. So he goes, all we need is one follicle, baby. All we need is one follicle. We cut to the morning of the death row inmate who is going to be set to die that day. And the governor still has not granted anything. And Kim's like, I'm at my office. I'm so anxious. He's set to be executed at 4 p.m. I've been all weekend on the phone with Julius. And uh, he is scared. You know, he can't get his mind off how serious everything is. And we see news footage. Van Jones is talking. Uh, The mom is saying, you know, I don't even get to hug him because when you're on death row, you don't get to have any physical contact with family. And she's like, the system is broken. And Kim goes, it's so surreal that this day is finally here. Van Jones calls Kim, uh, the CNN commentator, and says, I I was talking to Julius all day, Uh, Kim tells him. And it's like, he's confused and mad. And I just, I tell... um, He's like, just tell me already so I can prepare myself to die. And Van's like, I hate that shit, you know. Well, we wouldn't be here without you as usual, Van tells Kim. At 2 p.m., she says, it feels really heavy. Um, My phone is blowing up. So many people, every minute goes by, feels like an hour. And she goes, I don't know what to say to someone when you think they're going to die today. Like, these are real fucking issues. And it's, like, really wild to have it in a Kardashian episode. It's really sobering, you know? And she's just like, I'm just so nervous. And we cut to Van Jones calling. And she's like, did you hear? The governor commuted his sentence at the last freaking moment, just hours away from death. And so they did it. They, you know, he is going to have a life sentence without the possibility of parole. And it's heartbreaking because Julius is still stuck in there for life, but at least he is safe from being executed. So it's a triumph, but now they have to prepare for a different fight. So this one is is wild. And, and he now gets to have a reunion and physically touch his mom and family because he will be moved off of death row, which is an amazing feeling for a mother, Kim says. That's cool. Um, you know, I did question though. I was like, so we can talk about serious things like this. Why can't we talk about Astro World? Why can't we talk about th- those lives lost? Why can't we talk about that? 
Like, that's the kind of thing that I'm like, okay, the show decides it can handle this because it's Kim's activism, but why can't we handle the other thing? If you're handling this with respect, why can't we handle that with respect? Uh, Kim calls the sister of Julius Jones, and they talk, and Kim's like, you know, if something happens to one person, it affects an entire family, and sometimes we forget that. And they're talking, and it just really... it shows really how much of a difference Kim Kardashian made in this family's life. You know, you just can't, you can't argue it. It's really, really amazing work. And Kim's like, we're changing headspaces to fight a different fight now. Uh, we cut now to uh, Courtney and Travis's. Rain and Penelope are playing paddle ball while Travis fingers their mother uh, near them. And it's like just awkward because the kids are like, stop. Ooh, gross. Like they really true. Like rain is truly creeped out. You can tell this isn't helping rain and his little, little Mowgli issues he's having. They're having a family dinner at Travis's. They're talking about being vegan. The Travis's son is like, nothing's better than vegan eggnog. And I'm like, I can think of a couple things. Um, Courtney's like, I love a blended family. I love Travis's kids. It's a beautiful thing. Mason isn't here. Penelope and Rain are. Uh, Travis is talking about some vegan story. And Rain all of a sudden says, all girls are monsters. I'm telling you, man, Rain, we need to we need to work with Rain, you guys. We need a specialist. Uh, they start kissing again. And Rain's like, oh, guys, stop. Alabama, his daughter, Travis's daughter, does not seem to care at all. Like, doesn't even, like, I was like, is she blind? Does she not see things? Like, what's going on with her? And Rain just literally goes, can you guys not French kiss? And Travis is like, I guess we can't French kiss, babe. <laughs> and then Courtney's talking about the egg thing, and she's like, I'm nervous to get put to sleep. And then Travis goes, you're the best sleeper in the world, baby. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like Ryan you're so good at sitting like wow like Ryan you're really good at wearing t-shirts like you're the best at it like you're the best sleeper in the world you're the best lazy person in the world Courtney you truly are and he's like this is why he truly means it and she goes he goes you're super strong uh, we cut to Kindle and she's pouring water in a water bottle, which is, I think they focused on that because that's like a big, like she did it the right way. She put the liquid in the cup and that was just, she hit it out of the park. That's exactly how you fill up a water bottle. So I think that's kind of like, haha, you fuckers that said he couldn't, she couldn't cut a cucumber. Look, she's pouring water into a bottle. How many of you guys can do that? Scott comes in and, you know, Kindle's like, Scott texted me and I didn't feel ready to talk to him at the time, but now I asked him to come over. Uh, Scott brings rain over with him, little Mowgli. And she's like, you know, Scott, I haven't spoken to you since things went down. And he's like, that was our first argument since, you know, you were seven years old. And Kendall's like, I'm, I've always been your supporter and I always be, will be. It's such a fresh thing. And I was just trying to apologize because I, I should have done a bit more, Scott. And he goes, I'm not mad at you. I know where you're coming from. And she says, you immediately attacked me. And I just, I shut down and I tried to defend myself. And Scott's like, for me with Kendall, we couldn't get to a place in that moment to speak normally. Cause you know, it brought our anger on. And Kendall's like, 
I love you and I don't want drama happening. And he's like, we're family. And <laughs> talking head, uh, Kendall's like, the beginning of change in a family is an awkward, difficult time. It's a lot of shifting, uh, things going on, but I have faith it will take some time, but it will work. And Scott's like, you're the most normal person in the family, Kendall. And she's like, I'm just living. I'm like, okay, not for long with those knife skills. We cut to um, Kim and Kim's like, my assistant texted me that the results for the baby bar are on my phone. I just have to log into the state bar website and they, I shit you not guys. They're at a red lobster. Could you imagine just trying to get the seafood lover in you just some cheddar biscuits and all of a sudden, like all these like security guards come in cause North wanted some cheddar biscuits as well, you know, and they come in a fire truck, of course. Um, she's like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to open the website and see if I pass the bar. And Kim's like, I I'm going to go into the car. Cause if I'm not get upset, I don't want everyone to see. And I'm like, well, you might want to tell the cameras to go away. Um, so they're like, okay, group prayer, group prayer. And Tracy Romulus, her head lady's there with her. And she's like, okay, Jesus, make my, and Nora's like, Jesus, make my mom's bar exam go good. Once again, like I said last week, we might be asking Jesus, like maybe the Kardashians should not be able to ask Jesus for as many things as they do. <laughs> it should all be for other people at this point. Tracy says, okay, okay, everybody, moment of silence, moment of silence. And Kim's like, I feel like I didn't pass. And she's like, she says, uh oh, put in the password. Password attempt fail. And she's like, oh my God, I'm in. I'm in. Guys, it's loading. Oh my God. She goes, my heart is racing so fast. You guys, she passed. Oh, oh, M, G. And she's like, is this real? And then we get one of those great Kim crying faces. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. Where none of the face moves, but you can tell she's deeply feeling something, but it's not like any of how we feel because our faces, most of our faces move. And it's always fun to watch Kim cry. And Kim's like, oh, and she FaceTimes her Professor Chuck, which I'm like, I bet like Professor Chuck's on retainer with Kim, like Professor Chuck only teaches Kim. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, we're at Red Lobster for North. And and Kim's like, we did it, girls. And Kim's like, I'm so happy that North sees this because they know that I took time away from them to study. So uh, it shows them to never give up, that I can show them by example, you can't give up on something because you can do it no matter what, if you have money. <laughs> that last part wasn't there. And North goes, call dad right now. And Kim goes, you can. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, tell daddy. And she's like, you do it. <laughs> Next time on The Kardashians, uh, we see Kylie Jenner getting a car wash with Chris. Kylie going, I just want to do normal things with you, mommy. Um, Travis and Courtney are doing some like cleanse where it's no caffeine no alcohol no sex and i'm like finally and then kim's like kanye has a rap song where he's talking and that just means he's talking shit about me and whatever so next week is not about prison justice reform we're back to basics you guys what uh what a journey what a journey nonetheless we're gonna cut to commercial right here and then we're gonna go right into the final final uh, coyote ugly thing. I got to tell you, Annabelle really goes off on John Goodman in this last one. And I truly too, I will never understand her hatred for John Goodman. It makes no sense to me. Like, I think she truly 
in this last one gets mad about John Goodman to the point where I was like, I'm still thinking about how mad she got. Like, like John Goodman has to run over a dog of hers or something. It makes no sense. But I hope you've enjoyed the Coyote Ugly recap because I thought it was a blast to do. Hope you dig it. And I will talk to you on Friday with Beverly Hills Fridays. Here's our commercial. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. We'll be back to the show in just one second. Now is the part of the show that I love the most when we get to talk about our sponsors. We have a returning sponsor this week. That's right. It's our friend over at Rothy's. Now, if you remember, Rothy's sent me a killer pair of shoes and they have this huge selection of shoes now they have tons of women's shoes and they knock it out of the park according to my women friends and according to my own eyes but they also have really awesome men's shoes so i just want to get that out of the way if you're looking to get something for your husband your boyfriend your son whoever they really do have dope dope men's shoes the kind of men's shoes where i was like i want a second pair of rothy's for myself and they have like these cool computer bags and like (laughs) backpacks and stuff and i was like wow this is amazing i want more of this stuff but they're really known for uh their women's shoes and i have a primarily female audience so i want to let you guys know if you don't know about rothy's um i have gotten three compliments wearing my shoes one time one time folks i went to vegas and i got compliments on them and it was awesome do you know how cool it is to get compliments literally makes your day. In fact, there's a challenge. Give somebody you know a compliment today. In fact, give me a compliment today. How about that? But it felt great. And that's three compliments on one shoes. I kept thinking like, what if I got... 
what if I got three pairs of shoes? Like I would get, you know, nine compliments. Uh, basically you could get compliments too. That's what I'm saying. Um, they say, have you seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats and thought, dang, those are cute. I've not said that, but I have said, I think girls do look cute in flats, but I have not said that to them. Um, but anyways, these people that you thought they had cute flats, they might've been Rothy's. Uh, they're the perfect shoes for commuting, traveling. Everyone notices them. They're known uh, for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning. They have tons, and I do mean tons, of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's work great with every outfit. I can even say that for mine. Uh, I can put them with a lot of different things once I know how to dress better. Uh, you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out, and they really are very, very comfortable. The flats feel almost like a slipper, I'm told, and as soon as you take your first step, you think, ah, okay, I get I like like this. Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This is the thing that I really, really love, you guys. All their products, get this, are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. Like, I'm not joking. That's actually true. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. That That's incredible. Like, I've always wanted to know where the water bottles go, and this is cool if people are doing stuff out there with them like this. We got to support. Um, like I said, I am over the moon about the pair of shoes that I have. Just the comfortability. Uh, they've kept clean and they are washable, I know, when they get dirty, which I know on me, they definitely will. But it's just a stylish pair of shoes. And as somebody that has always struggled with style, it is nice to know this is finally something that I have that I can add to or I'm proud to say makes me have style. So... Your new favorite shows, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Your new favorite shows are waiting too, actually, on Bravo. New favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash so bad for $20 off your first order. Give them a try, folks. And now, back to the remaining portion of our show. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You'd pay for a night with her. <laughs> Violet, Violet gets up. She's like, I got to walk or celebrate or pass out or something. And there was like a big round of applause for the singing girl from New Jersey. And then uh, the lady's like, Mr. O'Donnell, you. Oh, oh, she's she like, goes, give it for the singing coyote from Jersey. And that's how oh. she's like, oh, I'm a coyote. And she's like, yeah. six nights a week. Um. Mr. O'Donnell, you called me in the middle of the night and said emergency. Oh yeah, what was this? Oh yeah, she uses she uses a public payphone, which made me want to fucking throw up. So she uses a public payphone in the middle of the night, like by herself, like on the streets of New York. Like uses public payphone, and then it's like shows her outside, like Mr. O'Donnell's apartment, 
And he's like, you woke me up. You said it was like an emergency. I wanted to be like, yeah, the emergency. And she's like also wearing, she's wearing this horrible fucking skull cap. She's wearing this horrible hat. And I was like, I wanted to be like, yes, the emergency of this is not that I'm going to kiss you. It's just like that. I just used a public payphone. I now have tetanus. And I also look like Spinelli from the show Recess. Like that would be my emergency. <laughs> That's what I would say is the biggest emergency. Not that I like have to kiss this guy who I think smells bad. Anyways, it was a nice, sweet moment, uh, tetanus aside. But the whole point of this, guys, is Violet's finally figuring herself out in the big city. So now all of a sudden she has a big ass guitar on top of the roof where she likes to play. And I was like, oh, my God, this is totally Michelle Branch or any of those like Vanessa Carlton's. And she looks off the roof and she sees this guy uh, break dancing to a rap rhythm. Like she's fully peeping Tom into the building. And he's like, and she starts singing over his rhythm. And then she gets on her Casio and she's, she starts making a hit. She starts making a hit song. And like one of the lyrics is, but baby, you're the right kind of wrong, which is, that's a good thing when you're like right and wrong, when you can put that in a lyric, that kind of, you, you see it like it's, yeah, you know, it's just like, it's like, it's, you're so bad. You're good type. Thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we cut to, Vi- this is when I wrote the note. I think she writes all the music for Selling Sunset. So we cut, <laughs> we cut to Violet and Mr. O'Donnell has blindfolded her, which I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do Fifty Shades shit. Like, what if it turns into S&M at this point? And like, he all of a sudden we're in a comic book store. So I get like, I get a chubby. I'm like, whoa, this is hot. And he's like, your fans wanted to hear you sing. They're not and- in a comic book store. They're in his apartment. Oh, I thought it was a comic book store. No, it he lo- has a he has a full rack of comic books. Like oh. he stole it from like the outside of the store. No, his apartment. Are you sure? Makes, Are you sure? Which makes the which makes the like apartment and friends look like looks small. It's he's it's in pretty this big. Giant, yeah. like, he's in this like giant like warehouse apartment where he looks like a squatter. Like it looks like the apartment like in rent. Like it looks like he should have somebody like shooting up like in the corners. Just like this giant kind of like abandoned warehouse. Um, and. He was like, your fans want to hear you sing. Um, and yeah, he has, it's like he like ransacked a fucking Specs music. He has all of these cutouts of celebrities. <laughs> yeah. And like way too many cardboard cutouts of like, like Bill Clinton and like, there's just like what? There's like, I know that there's like the obvious like Marilyn Monroe cutout or whatever, but she has, he has the most obscure cardboard cutouts. He has a JFK and an Abraham Lincoln, like he has like an assassinated, you know, section. I'm like, like these guys have been through enough. Now they have to hear this fucking broad sing. Like, okay, like, all right. I, I honestly just choose another bullet in my fucking brain. But wow. he also has Dharma from Dharma and Greg. Her name's Jenna Elfman. <laughs> okay. She, he has a cutout of the Jenna Elfman. Pardon me. He's um, a Scientologist, by the way. Well, now I know why yeah. uh, it was important to have her there. It was for <laughs> so she could get to the next, so she could get yeah. rid of all her, what are they called? Zabies or Xenons or Thetans. No, not rabies. Thetans. Thetans. Um, he has like Fab, like he has Fabio, and it's like, yeah, he just has, he. Well, ba- but basically, it's has a sweet an alarming mo- amount of. Cut out. Be- because he wants to get her comfortable singing around people. So 
uh, this is better than like, it was like a bunch of just dead bodies. And he was like, sing for them. And he's like, they requested to hear you sing. And she's like, you did this to help me sing. And he's like, uh, she's like, I don't know what it feels like, you know? And she, uh, you know, you know, he goes, it'll make you really nervous. And she starts stripping and he goes, she goes, I'll tell tell you what it feels like. My heart starts to race. My entire body starts shaking. And uh, he's like, shaking body. Yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah, because he's watching her strip. And then she goes, then everything gets a bit cloudy. And I'm like, oh, no, he's roofied her. And then she takes off her (laughs) jeans. And I was like, and this is what I was like, oh, my God, are they going to bone in the comic book store? Which I didn't realize was his house. And I was like, that's my fucking dream. But it's actually his house, not a comic book store. And they're in front. This is like they're in they bone in front of the Patrick Swayze cutout, which is like rest in peace, you know, from Ghost. Did you notice? Like, that's like <laughs> it, like that. They thought that was like good for his. Me- like, he must have still been alive at this point, because I was like, that's kind of like not all right to me. Like, he I, had to have been alive. Like, why would you have had, a, you know, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze, a dead Patrick Swayze watching them? especially with the ghost connection. Then I was like, Oh, are we supposed to assume that's a ghost? Patrick? Would you I, feel better if it was the, if it was the Abraham Lincoln looking over them? Like of, he's like, yeah. well, the last time I saw a live performance, it didn't, he's like, didn't go well for me. Four but score, four this. score and I'll seven. Boing. Yeah. <laughs> boing, I just boing, like, boing. I like that. This is how she was describing like stage fright. I wanted to be like, I had no idea that when I had a panic attack, it feels like what guys feel like when they get a boner. Like I had no idea that my like panic attacks are the same, like what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. Like who knew? I go, um, he goes, I vomit myself. I bleed out of my, goes, I'm oh, that's, shaking. that's exactly, yeah. That's well, uh, like, remember I when Will Smith, Will Smith said he uh, would vomit when he uh, had an orgasm. Remember that? Remember that news story from his book? Last year, God. he said Ugh. he would have to control himself from throwing up when he would ejaculate. I was like, was he, like Will it, Kenny Will, from South Park? Just like, like, Will's going through. Will, yeah, Will's not as normal as he tries to come off as. So um, this made me, I don't want to trigger you, but didn't you have sex in front of a Whoopi Goldberg cutout? Yeah, well, it no, not well. It's very, it's like I worked at a movie theater and I would take Did it? Car- yes or no? Did it involve no, I, a Whoopi Goldberg cutout? Was Whoopi it was Goldberg in the car- cucking? Okay, so there, well, so there was a, there was a, a Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman cardboard cutout and a, a Whoopi Goldberg Sister Act 2 cart of her and her nun habit. <laughs> and I was the kind of guy that thought that was amazing. I would put those in my back seat like they were, they were like my passengers but it would, it would be funny because I would just every, I would come out of the house and it would scare the shit. I would never remember that they were there. So it always, see, I was like, who, like, who the fuck's in my car? I would always get, I would always scare myself. But yeah, I did have, I would carry around cardboard cutouts in my windows. And uh, yeah, they, they, the, when I lost my virginity, Whoopi Goldberg was in my backseat with me, which is just so funny in so many ways. <laughs> Because you're, think, so you're thinking, how, how how would somebody let that happen? You know, like how, how are you able to have sex? It was, yeah. I also love that that was it, that it was her in like Sister Act, like not her in Ghost. Like, I mean, I guess it's better than her being, you know, her character in like the color purple or whatever. Oh, uh, that would have no, been darker. That, yeah, that, that would have been like a like a more serious, depressing cutout. 
It was her and Eddie. What was that one where it was Eddie? What was the one where she played the basketball coach? She was like the, she took over as a coach of the Knicks or something. It was like, Whoopi Goldberg did like a string of I know, really if, bad movies. She wasn't the coach in Space Jam. That's the only basketball. No, movie. no, no. She did a movie where she was like the coach of like the New York Knicks. I swear to God. Air Bud. No, 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 no. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg basketball. Um, do you want to hear my horrible cutout story? No, granted, I did not get to have sex in front of one. Um, yeah, fucker, it's called Eddie. Okay. <laughs> Eddie, coach of the New York Knicks. Eddie, whoop, whoopee plays Eddie. Okay. Damn. And the and the and the tagline is the newest coach in the NBA has got the Knicks right where she wants them. Eddie. I don't know what that <laughs> it's a horrible tagline, by the way. <laughs> God, we so many bad movies out there. Um, okay, I'll tell you real quick my horrible celebrity cutout story. Um, when I used to have my dad on my podcast, like when it first started, like RJ has an extreme hatred of Matt Damon, like very, very bizarre, uh, obsessed, like obsessed hatred of Matt Damon. Um, and he would always talk about it. Like every episode, like he would talk, like, and it wasn't like he was trying to do a bit, like how Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, like does like a thing about like Matt Damon, like at the end yeah. of the show, like he just fucking hates him. Uh, so one of my kittens one time sent me a, like sent me a full size cutout of Matt Damon. Cause I was like going to go home and see like my parents for a holiday. And they're like, they sent it to me um, to bring it to RJ. And so I was like, all right. So I like was at LAX and I have like this cardboard cutout, but it's like folded up. So you only see the cardboard and they like, wouldn't let me check it. And I was like, oh no, I, I need to check this. And they're like, no, yeah. you need to bring this as like a carry on. So I was like, I no, no, can I please, can I please just pay for it here? I don't care if I have to pay for it. Like if it's like overweight of like a hundred, like the 150 pounds, like I don't, I don't care. Like I yeah. please just let me pay for it. And they're like, no, you need to carry it through. And I was like, Okay. So I'm going through like security and it's like, I'm taking off my shoes and putting out my laptop. And I was like, okay. I was like, my cardboard isn't going to fit through the scanner. And I was like, I, I have this, but it's like not going to fit. And TSA is like, oh yeah, you're going to have to like undo that and put it in. I was like, no, it's too wide. And they're like, yeah, you're going to have to undo it then. And I was like, I, no, I, I can't undo this. And they're like, you have to undo it to get through. And so I was like, oh, Okay, so I like cut like a little bit of it out and I like peeked it open. I was like, see, there's like not a bomb in it. It's fine. They're like, you need to open it up all the way. And I was like, I really, I really don't want to. They're like, you need to open up all the way. So in front of everyone in the security line at LAX, I had to completely undo this full-size Matt Damon cutout and like show everyone. And it's like, I just, I I was like, I don't even, I, this isn't even my, I mean, it's like mine, but it's like, I'm like, I don't even like Matt Damon. Like, I don't even like, Matt, like, and they're all like looking at me. I felt like Austin Powers when, you know, it's like in the first one, when they give him his penis pump and he's like, it's not mine. Like, I swear yeah, it's not yeah, mine. Yeah. Like, it's, I was just like, I don't even like Matt Damon. Like, I, I swear, like, it, this isn't even, and like, <laughs> literally the TSA woman just goes, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, the fact that people in line and the TSA, like thought I was that obsessed with Matt Damon that I could not even go on a flight without having it right next to me with me. 
like, and also we're in LAX. I was like, it would be very possible that Matt Damon could have seen me there with a full size cutout. Could have been, it could going, have been worse. It could have, security it, with me. It could have been Jason Siegel. I mean, like you, it could have been a, a, a cord. I mean, like, by the way, I love that you're like, People are really going to think that I, Annabelle DeSisto, somebody who made it for Jason Siegel, would actually want to carry a cardboard cutout of Matt Damon? I mean, I like much worse actors than Matt Damon. Are you kidding me? I like that that embarrassed you. That was like, oh, come on. Um, Okay, back to this. So basically, they're boning in front of uh, Patrick Swayze and all of these cutouts. And they fall asleep. He wakes up and she's on her Casio. Like, so post-coitus, it inspired her to make music. She's in the zone right now, you guys. And uh, I think that audience got more what they put for this. Oh, it was like, oh, he goes, I think that audience got more than what they paid for. This is the sexual. This is the, uh, he's like, yeah, these cardboard cutouts got more than they paid for. And then we find out um, that this the guitar she plays is her mom's guitar, who died five years ago. And she says, um, uh, he turns out the lights so she can play. And the song is, I don't like to be alone in the night. I don't like to hear I'm wrong when I'm right. And I don't like to have the rain on my shoes, but I do love you. But I do love you. I don't like to see a sky painted gray. And I don't like, and um, she's, you know, so this is now starts into a montage where she's practicing bottle tricks and she's like, uh. like, you know, cause she's trying to be good at like her job at the coyote place. So she's like bottle tricks and she's breaking bottles, which this seems like an expensive thing to train for. And so she's like, we're seeing her like, Oh, it's like, she's not getting it. And then she's like buying a Mac laptop to like lay her tracks down. She's still breaking bottles right and left through this montage. We cut to like, a song doing it like anywhere else besides right behind the bar where like ice is like can yeah. we like have her doing it like uh, on a tarp or something but yeah they cut what did they cut to because it's we so cut to us we cut we cut to all of a sudden a softball game with the coyote ugly girls like i love that they're the rough tough people that have joined a softball league with other bars and like it's during the day all of a sudden where it's like softball like the russian girl takes her top off, top off so the ref ref gives her a good it's like it's bizarre it's like um, her name is cammy put some respect on her name if you're gonna respect jenna elfman you're gonna respect cammy the russian tease she's now but okay so all of a sudden out of the softball game she's slinging bottles like a pro and she's dancing and singing she's just killing every she's killing she's it doing all. her she's, tom cruise and cocktail like yeah she's great and she's kissing mr o'donnell in the uh the montage and then she goes to where her dad works and uh, she runs across these these uh, stalls because her dad works on the the what is it like the interchange? The where you Jersey throw money Turnpike. In? Jer- sorry, Jersey Turnpike. And uh, he's like, uh, are you brain damaged? Come on. You know, you know, maniacs here. And she's in Mr. O'Donnell's boat car. Well, she runs across traffic like she's in a game of fucking Frogger. Like, just, yeah. like all these people are just like trying to like drive where they were supposed to like she's not supposed to be running across like she's in the wrong and they're all like honking at her and john goodman that piece of shit so it's like hey do oh i come where God. you where you work and honk and i'm like oh. hey i come where you work and honk. come on buddy hey. the thing is you're actually doing a jersey accent which may, would make sense because the characters are from jersey the only person who does a jersey accent in this entire movie is our girl shauna from uh, new zealand 
She's the only one who does an accent at all. <laughs> but okay. So anyways, he's like real quick. He's like, Hey, tell me about this bar you work. And she's like, don't worry, dad. It's just a bunch of bankers having martinis. We cut to a record store and Cause, oh uh, yeah. Cause she drives Mr. O'Donnell's car to see him. Yeah. We cut to a record store. And he's like, that looks she, like a guy's car. She's with Mr. O'Donnell. And he's like, uh, I got you a gig at the elbow room. You're in next Thursday night. Uh, you know, and she's like, are you forgetting? I have stage fright. And he's, uh, she's like, what about the bar? Uh, or something like, and she goes, what about the bar? I'll never be cured of my stage fright. It's genetic. Um, and then he says, I've been giving, he goes, I've been giving up on people my entire life. You're going to sing or I'll never kiss you again. And she's like, that sounds like a threat, Mr. O'Donner, O'Donnell. And she goes, all right, you win. I'll do it. And then we cut to Coyote Ugly Bar and Pour Some Sugar on Me is playing. And One of my favorite songs. It's I a great song. song. Def Leppard, Pyromania. And uh, what album is that from? OU812. I forgot what they, but it's a, just an amazing record. Uh, um, but look who dropped yeah. by for a visit. Tyra's back in this scene. Oh, yeah, she's uh, visiting from law school. Yeah, like Bridget Moynihan is blowing fire again. And they have pitchers and pitchers of water. Because, like, normally they say hell no to H2O, but it's wet T-shirt night. Yeah. And Tyra's and all like, get up there. here, Tyra. She's like, I'm a paying customer tonight. And they're like, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. And that's like they're pouring water all over their their breasts and their tops and stuff like that. And I'm like, honestly, Tyra's there probably trying to get potential clients because she's in law school. And I'm like, instead of like being stuck with like mesothelioma or like vaginal mesh clients, she's like, no, I'm going to fucking go for like burn victims. I'm going to go to a bar where they're just throwing alcohol everywhere. There's probably glass from like yeah. the idiot who was trying to like learn how to play with bottles, like in the most yeah, expensive yeah. way. Everybody There's Bridget Moynihan breathing fire with absolutely no fire extinguisher in sight to help her. Like, yeah, this would be the place if I was a lawyer, I'd be like, oh, ka-ching, ka-ching. I'm just going to be here. Like, They're absolutely. Like, We're so tired from our softball game today. We barely <laughs> paying attention. So anyways, uh, the Kid Rock song, I Want to Be a Cowboy Baby comes on. And I was like, remember when Kid Rock was like alternative? But then it, this got me thinking really quick. Was that like, just go with me here. Do you think Machine Gun Kelly will eventually be like an uber Republican? I Because Machine Gun Kelly and Kid Rock, to me, fill that same kind of void of like, oh, super alternative, like doesn't fuck around. Like, I'm just I'm just wild, man. And now we see Kid Rock. He's got a creepy mustache and he's like su super uber Republican. And I'm like, I bet Machine Gun Kelly, mark my words, I bet in 20 years he's like uber Republican. You think Machine Gun Kelly, like that Pamela Anderson, like when Pamela Anderson was with Chris, like that, that, like they're like the new, like, like Megan Fox is like, it's like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Like, well, I don't think Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox will last forever. I think this is a start. Not even with each other's blood. Why no, don't you yeah, believe I in love, Ryan? Because uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I think I, I believe it's love for right now. I don't believe it's for all time. And maybe they'll be each other's true love. Just like, Madonna always says Sean Penn is the true love of her life because Madonna was married to Sean Penn. People seem to forget that for a brief yeah, time. Yeah, he like they forget that he like beat the shit out of her and like tied her to and a she, chair. And she still says he's the love of her life, which is wild. And I'm like, everyone just thinks because he like went to Haiti, he's some like great guy. And I'm like, no, he's a piece of shit. And I think he makes horrible movies. 
Yeah, but but anyway, we'll I do. Would, I would love to see you. I I would love to see Annabelle watch uh, some Sean Penn movies. And granted, like, I've never seen any of his movies, yeah, but they all look I horrible. Think, I don't think you would like, but you guys, everything is like so like firing on all cylinders for Violet. And all of a sudden, John Goodman is there, her dad, and sees what's going down. And she's like, dad, dad, wait. Because they're pouring John, water on her. Yeah. They're like, Well, John Goodman sees that she's a whore, sees that she is slutting it up in the big city. And it is just so you could just see the cry. She, you know, it's like, oh, my God, my and daughter. She's like not even wearing a white T-shirt. She's wearing a red tank top with a black bra. Like you see no nipple action like whatsoever. It's like it. it's so ridiculous. Like he walks in on her and like like during the set and like the look on his face and his anger like you would literally think she's getting fucking like railroaded by like the times square elmos to be fair that's his daughter you can't that's he has a special relationship with her the fact that you can't understand that you would never be able to he raised that little girl and he's now seen her on stage with her womanly curves and it's got to be really hard. It's like if I your mean, dad, never if your dad saw you into, at a podcasting conference, and RJ you never walked dancing. into the Tallahassee Hooters and like was like made a scene. <laughs> they got great wings. Why would you make a scene where they got great wings? Uh, so she's like, Dad, wait! And she's like, Dad, it's not as bad as it looks. I just sing here every night. Um, people just people come here to hear me sing. And she's like, Say something. And he's like guys are putting your pick up on the booths and we see the fucking village voice that voice article her it was her picture and she's like it's just a bar you can trust me and he goes you're my daughter you're my daughter and uh I'm like i love the idea that like these jersey guys like these jersey like toll booth workers are reading like the village voice and cutting out a fully clothed girl in a black and white like newspaper picture singing along with like the jukebox on the bar like it's like literally her in like a semi crop top and one of those it's like a long denim skirt that like goes down to almost like her ankles and she's just like wee like on the bar I'm like I, it's like not the like 1940s where they're like oh a black and white picture oh like yeah. ooh. like I'm like this is <laughs> this is who you have the problem with why don't you go bother your fucking co-workers who are putting pictures up of your daughter like why is she the problem like wow wow i just think you're not gonna understand what it's like to raise a, a little girl you know i i you know i i could see where listen it's all about communication here and i just don't think they've communicated properly you know the fact that they got such a big write-up in the Village Voice, I mean, like, commu like community theater productions of, like, Little Shop of Horrors, like, barely get, like, a little, like, line in, like, a local newspaper. And, like, she, like, sings along with it. She does glorified karaoke. And well, correct like, me if I'm wrong. Little Shop a of Horrors doesn't have TNA everywhere. Little Shop of Horrors doesn't have the plant showing their, their breastuses with water pouring over them, you know? Sex sells. <laughs> So anyway, she right. cuts sex me. sells does sex we, does sell in a black and white fully clothed picture in a newspaper. We, we, we cut to the uh, leaving a voicemail for her dad. She's like, you can't avoid me for the rest of your life. She's like, but I'm not going to apologize because that means I'm doing something wrong and I'm not. Anyways, dad, I'm playing a real club tonight. Wish me luck. So we go back to the club and at Coyote so Ugly. He's and sitting there listening to the answering machine in his recliner being like, 
good luck. She's like, I know you need me to come home. I bet your clothes are starting to smell pretty bad. Like, I guess that John Goodman came out and said he did this movie only for the money. Um, shocking. Did I know. Really? Um, why yeah, are, wait, why are like, you so against John Goodman? It's almost why are you alarming. so why are you so because this man John has Goodman. done nothing. This man has done nothing. Exactly, you're right. He oh has done God. nothing. Period. Okay, so, dude, this man. You don't he hear rumors done about this man doing Jason Siegel. This man deserves eight thousand dollars, not Jason Siegel. The fact that you like this man has done. You don't hear creepy rumors about John Goodman. We should celebrate John Goodman. The only I'm thing he's done is lost an obscene movie, amount of weight. The fact that, yeah, and he looks better fat. If I looked better oh fat, like, what the fuck are you doing? You're so lucky. Like, I hate when assholes who look better fat, and he, I'm like, if you get celebrated by being fat, it's like, why didn't you just, like, get to enjoy it? But my problem is that he said that he only did this movie for the money. Fine, get that coin, get that bag, John Goodman. But that apparently he wasn't in the movie that much. But test audiences said they loved him so much oh, that they like added more scenes. And I'm like, so apparently you must have been the only person in the test audience, Ryan. The fact that we get equal amount of John Goodman. Dude, you're that so we do wrong on this, and I feel bad about and the, Coyote I feel, Ugly. I feel bad the amount of hate you're gonna get for this statement. I I'm feel bad. I'm so embarrassed for you. Like, I'm not a mathologist, you're but embarrassed I'm pretty sure for it me. works wait, 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 out. You're, you're embarrassed for me. I'm embarrassed that you have such horrible. I'm embarrassed oh, that you're so wrong in this. This is so wild, guys. It's so do, bad. Do it's bad. To, do we need to tell? Oh man, I don't even want to. I don't want to do this to I'm you. Just say, I don't want to do this to you. I feel you might. I'm just saying. Regret this, your. I, I'm saying in this scenario, <laughs> a lot of more people would have liked to see dancing scenes in the bar compared to John Goodman sitting on a recliner or at least you equal need, amount of time. Need, no, you need the John Goodman on the recliner. If you, you want to see a curmudgeonly, like a curmudgeon dad sitting in a shitty recliner, watch Frasier. Don't put it in my coyote ugly. Give me oh more Tyra dance God. scenes. You're so wrong. had a bunch you of Tyra scenes. We could add, add John Goodman talking about how he doesn't want to do laundry or how he doesn't need, like doesn't know how to do laundry. That is a major plot point of his character. That he's move, an wait, 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 I got I got to move on. I got to move on. I got to move on. Um cuz you know so, you're wrong, Ryan. Right? No, yes, you know yes, you're I wrong. Gotta, I yes. should go to law school. Yes. You know you're wrong. We're back at the club. Everybody's like he's everyone not a good take man. off your Get everyone it. take off your bras. And um we see a blonde uh oh we, actually this is actually an interesting scene cuz we see Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville has like one line in the scene. They're like, this is the greatest party we've ever been to. It's like a nerdy guy with Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. This is like all of a sudden Johnny Knoxville pops up in this movie for like one second before Jackass even was a thing. So that was crazy. Uh, and she tells the manager, I have to leave at 1030 no matter what to play at the elbow room. And at the elbow room, it's 1020 p.m. And. Uh, she calls, this is another weird thing where it's, it's weird that she picks up the phone and calls the elbow room. Like this is before cell phones, but like she managed to like get him immediately at a random payphone at the elbow room. It makes no sense. Like she was like, guy, I can't get there at 10 30. There's a line. Everybody wants coyote ugly drinks. I can't get there. And she like calls him on the payphone from the elbow room and he picks up and She's like, you got it. He's like, you got to be here. You got to be here. And um, 
I just, I just, I don't know why I'm really tripped up on the payphones. No, so it's, he th- it's weird that he was just like waiting right by there. Like it's maybe, maybe there's a scene that we didn't see where they like, Hey, call me on this payphone If for some reason you're late, that, that's I know, it was only... probably, it was probably left on the edited room floor yeah. because they had to add another John Goodman scene. They're like, it's either the phone. Right. And at this point, right. Cut, or it's cut, more all, John Goodman cut, eating. cut Annabelle's uh, rants about John Goodman from this point on. Like it's a um, mukbang video, more oh, eating from John Goodman. Oh my God. Um, so we, uh, all of a sudden he's like, Kevin, it doesn't look like she's going to make it. What am I supposed to do? It's the manager of the elbow room. And he's like, a deal's a deal. And so he's he like, goes, that doesn't right. change anything with me and you, Kevin. Actually, yeah. that's my, that's John Fugel saying, like, he never even saw the movie. <laughs> like, he's a guy who's been on my podcast. Like, he's a, like, political, like, comedian. Yeah, he's a VH1 guy, yeah. And, um, and he's like, that doesn't change anything with me and you, Kevin. So Kevin's like, and he thrusts like this, like this comic book, like the comic book that has been around this, like this movie, it's already gone like four different places. And for something like that's supposed to be like so valuable, they only have it in like this little like sleeve, but yet it's like, if it's as important, like, shouldn't it be in like a, like, like a case that's like temperature controlled. They're just like yeah, swinging we, around in like a little like plastic, like condom Yeah, we yeah, totally. And I'm and like, so, I just love the fact that like this, like <laughs> the club owner also just wants to be paid in comic books. Like that this is common, <laughs> like that this is a common way to pay people that they're like, oh yes, I'd much rather this comic book. Like it's a, it's a commentary on how dumb men are is that that's really another thing where we think he did something insane, but he really promised a Spider-Man comic book for a shot at his lady playing at the elbow room. But we cut back to the bar and Don Henley, the all she wants to do dance is all she wants to do song is playing. And we have shots of the crowd. Uh, and all of a sudden, Mr. O'Donnell shows up there and he's like uh, this guy, Zach, this regular Zach hops up on the bar. He's getting wild. And Mr. O'Donnell's like, fuck that and starts hitting him. And then all of a sudden, yeah, the but Chin goes crazy and like grabs him and, like from the like from the back of his T-shirt and like slams him back down on the bar. Like I'm shocked Zach's head didn't crack open. Um, but they just yeah, he just starts going like crazy on him and like uh, throws him into the jukebox. I'm like, that's your girlfriend's band. Like that's her whole that's her whole singing career is right there that you just destroyed. That's her whole thing. They're like, break it up, break it up. And Kevin then breaks the jukebox. And then they're like, Zach's a regular. He was just having fun. And he's like, with my girlfriend. And it, all of a sudden it just turns so bad. And little, the manager says, okay, free drinks on the house. And she asked, but remember the manager's rule was don't ever bring, you know, don't bring your boyfriends in here, you know, and don't bring your boyfriends into, into my bar appear available, but never be available. And I'm like, this isn't on her. He showed up. You know who this is on your fucking shitty security guard. That's who should have not let him into the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So they they're saying like so then kevin's or yeah so he's pissed at um uh violet and they're arguing about her not being there so easy to be you no dream like so she's now giving it back to him it's like so easy to be you no dreams no hopes when is the last time you took a chance on something and he's like some of us don't have that luxury 
And she's like, why that big secret, Kevin? I'm going to guess. Why'd you leave Australia? Jail, wife, four kids. Why did you run away from home? And he's like, I don't have a home. I don't have a family. That's the big secret. You happy? I had to change homes every two years. I had a bad childhood. I don't need your sympathy. I'm living on my two feet and I have a little bit of dignity. As he's like, has his Spider-Man comic books in his back. And, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, I'm just <laughs> God. He goes, um, and uh, and she goes, and I don't. And he goes, just show a little bit of flesh. Maybe you can figure it out. Go on. Your fans are waiting for you. Crawling all over the bar. And Little's like, like, I told you not the, to break the rules. The slut shame, like the slut shaming he gives her. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And also like, stop the fucking like crocodile tears and crying poor mouth. You have a giant car in New York City, like a really nice car. It looks like the car that they drive on like the opening, like in Entourage. Like it's a really nice car. You have a giant fucking like loft. You can afford an entire cult of celebrity cutouts and you spend your day like, like trading around a comic book. Like save me the fucking sob story, Kevin. And of course your name would wait, be wait, Kevin. Wait, wait, wait. One of the wait, least wait, wait. sexual Annabelle, names in wait, the world. Wait. She was the one that made him say his story. Cause she was like, what is it? You have a wife. Da, da, da. It wasn't a sob story. He was forced to tell his story because she put him out she's He's like what is it story seems super sad and i'm like you're doing fine you are not homeless like uh, you are you have a car in new york city and a like giant loft apartment probably because your dad is secretly like jerry seinfeld and that's why you look the way you do maybe that's why you don't know your family very well like it's wow. because you were made in a 3d printer between we're, jerry seinfeld and peter gallagher and think, maybe that's why you don't i I completely disagree with your take on this half of the movie. Oh, I'm like, sure I mean, if he was John half. Goodman's song, you would love him. But I, I like him. I have no problem with this guy. Also, he, wait, he literally did set this up for her. She knew, like, come on. Like, if you, it, you should have called off that night at Coyote Ugly completely or just said, sorry, I can't, I'm not going to do the elbow room, period. We'll do it on no, a night. I don't think off. that she was, I don't think that she was right in blowing it off. But the fact that he's like, you know, this place is a joke. They don't come to hear you sing. They come to watch girls shake it on the bar. Like, this is this is ridiculous. This is a place to, like, hide your head in. Like, this is a hole. You need to be performing. I'm like, calm the fuck down, Joe Jackson. It's not your life, okay? Like, just, like, <laughs> so, be cool. Don't be all, okay. don't be all uncool. So Lil's like, I told you not to break the rules, Violet. You and your boyfriend... Uh, you broke my friend's no nose, which is like, also, why are you having your friends hang around the bar? And she's like, I can't have a boyfriend. What kind of stupid shit is that? And Lil's like, this is my home. I'm not risking my home for you. And she's like, Lil, you stop with the rules. It's a bar for Christ's sakes. And then Lil's like, then what are you so upset about? And Lil, sa and Lil says and hands her her mom's guitar. And then we hit get a weird angle a Violet crying, looking and of at course, a fake strategically. Yeah, of course. It's like, like a, a fake of picture of her mom. mom. Yeah, it's like a, but it's like not even like a good photo. There should someday be a documentary of bad photoshopped pictures of families in movies. Of dead families always, in movies. Well, they just never look like you always can tell somebody photoshopped. Like they're never realistic. You're always <laughs> like, oh, I've got bad news for you. Your mom was fake, you know? Yeah, they're always, I mean, the backgrounds are horrible. I mean, it's surprised that you haven't seen like one where like the parent is in front of like a screen of like flying toasters or like whatever, like the screen, yeah. like the screen are horrible. It all looks like that uh, episode of Seinfeld where George is on the beach 
or like that. that. Um, we cut she's to like her on the roof. Like, yeah, we cut to her favorite song. place, the roof. She's singing a song. She's surrounded by candles. I'm like, well, if you're like, she's like, I can't work at Coyote Ugly anymore, but I still need the fear of like dying and horrible. Yeah, she's fire. like, but she's I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna burn this building down now. Like she's on a date uh, in like the fucking Bachelor. I'm like, how did you have time and money to set up all these candles by? She's like, like, it took me three hours to p- practice my song. <laughs> Two hours and fifty <laughs> minutes of that were lighting candles. Um, <laughs> the lyrics were. Please remember how we laughed, how we cried, how this world was yours and mine, how no dream was out of reach, stood by you and you stood by me. We took each day and it and it makes it something. We wrote our dreams across the sky. We ran so fast, so free. And uh, then we get this montage. Silverstein could yeah. never. It's like, I went up, then I went down. Then I had a big frown. <laughs> then I... Um, <laughs> She's watching two people make out on a subway. Kevin is looking at the bridge by his car where they once had that little romantic moment during the uh, the the earlier scene. We cut to Melanie Alinsky, her best friend from earlier. It's her wedding. She's become Mrs. Molinaro. And he's like, he's the puff. <laughs> he's just, he's the, I can't even do it. Basically, it's the perfect, she goes, it's the perfect choice for my first marriage. And her dad, John Goodman, is there. Violet's first time seeing her dad since her slutting it up at the, the coyote ugly picture. And <laughs> it made it seem like she was in like two girls, one cup on the bar. Yeah, she, like, she's when she was eating the poop of that other girl and Elvis song comes on only fools rush in or the, I can't help falling in love with you. Violet and her dad slow dance. And uh, he's like, I got to go to work. And she's like, are you really working or leaving? Cause of me. And uh, he's like, if you needed money, you should have come to me. She's like, how come you're not wearing any socks? And she's like, he's like, for the first this time in my life. This can't even figure out how to put on socks for a wedding. For the first time in my life, I was ashamed of you. And I never thought that was possible. And, and I was like, oh, well, can you imagine if your kid was a podcaster? Then you'd know what yeah. being ashamed of your kid yeah. is like every day of your life. I don't know. I don't know why I wrote this note, but I said, our hero Violet is in the fight of her life. Kevin calls her and leaves a voicemail. And he's like, thought maybe you'd want to unload some fish trucks. So Kevin's still like wanting her and she can't get to the voicemail in time. She can't open her door to get to the voicemail. And he's like, hoping one day you'll still want to talk. And then she gets there right in time, but he's already hung up and she's like, Kevin, hello. And the phone rings again. And this time it's not Kevin though. And it's like, your dad still answers. Hospital. She's like, Kevin, hello, Kevin. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> William James Sanford, is that your father? He's in the hospital. Your dad's in recovery right now. A car struck him in the booth. Because I was like, oh, heart attack. And it was like, because of your- your... teasing, like, they keep foreshadowing. Like, everything is like, either he's going to be killed by, like, not knowing how to do laundry. Or McDonald's. Yeah, or in, like, a Final Destination type thing where he, like, slips on, like, a Tide packet. Or, like, that he, yeah, like, has, like- his like corners just like completely like freeze up and yeah he dies like eating a ham sandwich like mama cast like i thought no, he was he gonna just gets i thought he was struck gonna die, by a car yeah. like um so we she rushes there and melanie linsky her best friend who just got married is there and in her wedding dress it's so yeah, sad it was that this all happened on that night and she sees her dad they hold hands um she comes to 
she comes back to her place, finds a truckload of mail. It's all of her submission tapes she made from beginning in the movie. They all came back because they were unsolicited. And um, so. And she just throws them over the balcony. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry if one of your neighbors is down there. Fuck them. Yeah. Trash care. Uh, but basically then it's like this kind of montage of like, Hey, call, you should call Kevin. You should call. Why wouldn't you call him? And she's uh, so he, he goes over to Kevin's you guys. And all of a sudden there's a girl over at his place, but she thinks it's a girl like he's hooking up with, but it's a girl. He's like subletting his place to that has a boyfriend, I guess. And so that's that little scene. Now we go back to the hospital and John Goodman, he's eating a meatball sub. He's already not taking care of himself in the hospital. <sighs> and, uh, she lets him know. She goes, dad, I'm moving back. And she goes, dad, I couldn't do it. I couldn't cut it in the big city. I couldn't sing my songs. I was fr- afraid. And he goes, do you know why mama, mommy quit? And it's like, yeah, cause she couldn't do it. And he's like, no, 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 no. She wasn't afraid. Your mother on stage was amazing. And she's like, then why did she quit? And he, and he, he goes, because of me, you know, right after you were born, she told me she wanted to quit. And I let her. And I like, he, he's really acting here. You guys, he's like, I love it. Shut up. But boo Annabelle more than anything. He goes, he's I just a went bad on. dad and a bad Stop. husband. You're a bad dad. And uh, she's like, more than anything, I just went on and pretended there was no other choice, but I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. I don't care what you do. You're not coming home. I'm not letting you in my house. Go show people your pussy. And that, um, and it was, it's really actually emotional scene, but it's awesome that he came to that. But like, why couldn't you have had that same attitude when you let her leave initially? Like if that was really the deal, wouldn't you have already said, I will never let that happen to my daughter initially? It's almost like he's not a good man. No, it's almost like it's a fault of it's a movie. Not like this he isn't real. He shouldn't be allowed to this have it. This isn't real. So then she hugs I'm just saying him. that like the entire, what she's grown up her entire life knowing is like a lie. Like her entire life and like, like fear and like phobia has been that her stage fright and that her mom was like terrified on stage. So everything she's like grown up is like a lie. Like she's in the fucking Truman show. And it's like the entire time she's just been telling Kevin of like, I can't be on stage. My mom says the scariest place in the world. My mom couldn't do it. She said it's the scariest place in the world. I'm like, really? Cause I would have thought that the scariest place in the world would be under a naked John Goodman. That would be okay, my scariest place done, in the world. Done too far. Anyway, she hugs him and he dies. Boo. She hugs him and he dies right there after this emotional scene. No, he doesn't die, but she goes, she goes, are you wearing cologne? And he's like, yeah, this nice redheaded nurse gave it to me as a gift. And she's like, are you going to go on a date? And he goes, I better buy a pair of socks. And we cut back to her bringing John Goodman. It was like, please let it be a nurse ratchet situation. We come back to the city and she's in the same spot from earlier where musicians go to look for opportunities. It's like this one random hallway in New York where you see like musicians and she sees on the bulletin board that there's a songwriting showcase at the Bowery ballroom. And she has the song can't find the moonlight and she's making the song on her Mac, which is just so funny to see an older Mac. And this is like the height of technology at that time. And we cut to Violet working behind a bar, not the Coyote Ugly bar, but just like a normal businessman bar. And little, the manager's there. And she goes, double water on the rocks, please. And he, and, she, and Violet's like, we don't serve water here. And how did you find me? 
And I thought it was about to be like that Lil was like in AA when she ordered like a double water. I was like, oh, is this about to be like a, but she's yes, son. No, no, this is not that kind of movie, unfortunately. But she says, Cammy told me about your pops. And she goes, he's okay. Um, and then Violet's like, you didn't come here to eat. What do you want? And she goes, uh, I just wanted you to know you can come back whenever you want. She goes, I appreciate the offer, but I'm okay here. And she goes, I figured that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm married to that bar. I'd sleep there if I had the guts. I'm the original coyote. I'm just a small town gal trying to make it in the big city. And we find out she's the one from Piedmont, North Dakota, which she had guessed earlier where Violet was from. And she goes, if you ever tell anyone, she goes, if you ever tell anyone, I'll kill you, which is like, get over yourself, lady. Nobody fucking yeah, cares where you're Yeah, nobody from. cares that you're, listen, North Dakota fanning is a fine place to be from. Like, who the uh, fuck I'm, cares? I'm from Olathe, Kansas. Who the fuck cares? Like, I mean, like, get, I'll tell you, nobody, get over yourself. Um, she goes, take care, Jersey. And we cut to a phone message and they're like, this is the Bowery Ballroom. We love your CD. We want to play you next. We want you to play next Sunday night at 10 p.m. sharp. The house band can learn your song. See you there on Sunday. And we cut to Adam and we find out this is when we find out that girl wasn't his girlfriend. She was just subleasing the place. We cut to Coyote Cody Ugly, the bar, and it's the first night they're going to close early in years just so they can see Violet play. And they didn't uh, even, yeah, well, like it's history in the making. We haven't closed down since we've been open. Now we're I'm like, you didn't, not even on 9 11 did they close down, but they're closing down for this. Yeah. I think that means something. This is a bigger tragedy. Yeah. And she uh, gets a call. We're like, is it, is it, who gets the call here? Is it the dad? She calls the, Kevin and calls Kevin. Kevin's Look like, at page. yeah. And she, it's just like, she doesn't even say who she is. It's just the voice that says, do yourself a favor and turn to turn to page 51 of the voice and like hangs up. And then we hear, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like I'd be terrified. We, we hear one of my favorite late nineties bands, vertical horizon playing. And we cut to her dad getting ready with Melanie Linsky. And she says, uh, he goes, I only have three rolls of film better get four. Cause he's going to take lots of pictures tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> there, there goes he's he's with he's with violet and they're going over the toll bells and he's like light them up for good luck everybody and all the toll guys are lighting their bells up like ding 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 it's like good yeah I, it's lame and um he goes you have nothing to be afraid of violet you're already a star and he goes if you were a nobody violet why did i buy this for 20 bucks and it's the autograph she gave her old boss there was like the remember the wall of autographs of like the people that didn't make it. He goes, I mm-hmm. wanted the first autograph. All of a sudden, he's all Mr. Supportive. And he goes, I didn't spend three months in physical therapy to go home. And so they go to the the they're like, OK, we're going. And even Rachel, the girl that hated her from the bar. Uh, oh, Tom you Brady missed was. how she almost killed like. A hundred people. Oh yeah, because like they turned around real quick. She decides, like, like after she goes through the toilet, she's like, "I can't do this," and does a left hand turn in front of all of the cars, like going like and so like. Does it not mean anything that your dad just got hit by a car and you almost just caused like an entire like pile? Because she's like, I'm nervous and I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to make everyone feel like they're getting boners. I can't do this. Yeah. Like, sure. That's a reason to almost kill everyone else, you selfish asshole. 
<laughs> like uh, you don't deserve to have a spot at like the Ballery Ballroom or whatever fuck it's called. Boo. I mean, this is not. This how family sucks. Are. Besides um, the cat, I like the cat and the dead mom. Dead mom hasn't wow. done anything. The cat um, clearly is the star. So the coyote ugly. Uh, the workers are there. It's packed. Um, so the stage manager is like, hey, if she doesn't get here in five minutes, she's bumped. Adam is even there. The band is like warming up. Um, and then so we, you know, she actually gets there in time. She gets up there. She starts singing by herself. Like she's like without the, but she's like doing it. And the lyrics are like underneath the starlight. There's a magical feeling. So right. So right. It will take you into tonight. And um, you can try to resist, try to hide from my kiss, but you know, you can't fight the moonlight. And she's kind of like now putting a little, some of her coyote moves into it. And she's like, you truly can't find the moonlight. Are you not going to put how, are you not going to put how she can't sing it at first? Well, I said she kind of just silently does it herself. Well, no, she can't, she can't do it where she tries to get off this. Then she's like, she's like, I can't do this and tries to get off the stage. And then all of a sudden you just see like the, there, it cuts to like a hand and you see him pull like a lever and Kevin has pulled a Phantom of the Opera and shut down all the lights in the place. Because that's uh, how she's able to like. I think I might have passed out. Apparently, maybe you passed out from your fucking like hard on for John Goodman that's been going on oh for an hour god. and a half. For oh this movie. my god! But that's how she's able to sing is because he cuts like he turns off the lights because that's how she was able to sing before, and then. Like once it's dark, then she can start singing. So then once she starts singing, then all the light, then he turns the lights back on. Perfect. So then we're like fully into it. And she's like singing all the, she's doing really good. The backing band is coming in. The reaction of all of her friends are great. Uh, One of the lyrics is come on, baby, shake it, (laughs) shake it. Um, And, oh no, sorry, sorry. There's a loser guy, drunk guy going, come on, baby, shake it. Let's so, let somebody see it. And then Rachel, her enemy from the bar, like, here's this guy do it. And she's like, don't do it, Rach, don't do it. And she turns around and hits the guy. So all of a sudden, the guy, the Rachel that was against her, the whole movie is for her and shuts this guy up, which was like a nice little moment, I thought. And uh, it was it was really nice. And so she kills this thing. Like everybody's like so enamored. She's like a big star. And then we cut to coyote ugly, the bar. And they three months on... later, it ranks yeah. at the bottom three <laughs> months later. And they turn on Leanne rhymes and Lil's like, congrats Jersey. And Tyra is behind the bar again. So I guess law school didn't work out or it's like summer break or something. Well, I think back to celebrate like, I mean, Leanne Rhymes, um, ironically, is like Miss, you know, now Mrs. Eddie Cibrian is pulling like a Sheena Shea singing on the bar. And I'm like, good as gold. Just like there she is singing the song. Like, I, it's amazing. I didn't realize music moves this fast that you can get a song out and get all of the CDs printed in three months. But then like Leanne, like Leanne Rhymes is singing it and like, Violet goes up there with her. And if I was like Leanne, I'd be like, I got this. There's a reason you're the writer and I'm the singer. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, it, I is, got weird. This. it is weird. Leon Rhymes is there to begin with. And, and so this is like, what do you do when your old dreams come true? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, 
pay off old debts. Kevin and, asks her, Kevin, yeah, Kevin's there. That's it. Yeah. What do you do when <laughs> all your old dreams come true? He says, and she goes, pay off old debts. And once again, you guys, the fucking, she's gotten the Spider-Man comic. Like the comic is now back in Kevin's possession. This, com- this comic book has gone around like it's the fucking feather in Forrest Gump. This this comic has been all over the city, all different way. Like this, this poor thing, it's, it should be completely like, com- like crumpled and like wet and like, <laughs> like ruined by now. It's and like, I would, you don't even, you don't even know where she pulled this out of. It could have been her bra. It could have been her bat. Like this, just like this comic book just like appears from her body. I like, would, I mean, if I ever do a movie, I want to have that in my hands just randomly, just like, <laughs> not, not even say anything about it. Just have it with me. And, uh, <laughs> Rachel says, uh, hey, I don't think you're Lil. I don't think your new girl is going to hack it. And we see like a new girl behind the stage. And, you know, Violet's been there before. She know like, you know, it's like, oh, shit. You know, it's a new girl. Anyways, they're like, Violet, go up and sing with Leanne. And like, they're like, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. And she gets up there and sings with Leanne Rhymes. And of course, John Goodman is there. And he's loving it now. He's fully into Coyote Ugly. Like he's really into it. He gets it now. And in excess is playing. And she goes in, you know, Coyote Ugly tradition. I'm going to auction off the hotties in this place. And John Goodman is the hottie, you guys. And don't even roll your eyes. You fucking paid 8,000 for Jason Siegel. I can't even blame you. Anyways. Okay. There's a fun story about this. The redheaded nurse from earlier, you guys. This is so wild is that that's my friend, Patty Tobin, who I, when I first came to LA, she literally like me and my ex, she was like somebody we hung out with all the time. This was after like, we had moved after the movie came out, but we, I had never seen the movie, but she'd always said that's how she got her SAG card. She was an extra in this movie. And then they liked her from the nurse scene. So they brought her back and they gave her that line. And that's how she got her SAG card. And then her name is Patty Tobin and she's the redheaded nurse. And she gets a line in this scene. And it was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like I'd, I'd hung like, so like, I just forgot about like this part of my life where I was like, I used to do all of this extras casting shit. And that's how it would happen is like, you'd go on something as like an extra and then they would bump you up. They would like give you a line. And like, what happened to her was like, that's like legendary for an extra. It's so hard. So it was like, so cool to see that. And uh, I think she bids $50 on John Goodman. I also just think it's such an asshole move of like your dad's there on a date with his nurse. And she's like, we're going to auction off my dad. It's like, he already has (laughs) there on a date. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's such like a mean, like future stepdaughter move. It's like, it's something like that. Like it would be in like an Olsen twin movie, or this is like a parent trap thing of like, our dad's already on a date, but we don't like her. We're going to set her up, set him up with somebody else. (laughs) And you like, don't you have like, and you have Alex Borstein. Yeah. Alex Borstein was, yeah. Yeah. So it was like a whole who's who of like comic actors uh, bidding on John Goodman, but Patty wins him for $150. And, uh, John I Goodman love that goes, John Goodman's able to get up on this bar and walk around. Like I wouldn't, I'd be terrified to get that. I wouldn't be able to get on that bar. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to like get, leg I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be able to get on the bar even in front of the crew. Like, even if I knew I was acting in it, I would feel such a dummy. Like I don't, that's, it would just feel so horrible. And <sighs> he goes, Hey, I'm a coyote. And she goes, Hey, Kevin, Kevin goes, your father doesn't have stage fright. And she goes, so tell me, what do you do when all of your dreams come true? And then they slow-mo kiss. 
And uh, that's the end of it. I just said, this movie has a lot of heart. I'm almost, I'm almost tearing up. I like, I really liked this movie. I thought it was good. Do you know? Oh, I didn't know if you, I didn't know. I, I was waiting for you to add your uh, John Goodman monologue at the end. Wait, I don't um, think I, I, I don't think I wrote that there's a John Goodman monologue at the end. No, but you're just like, you're like manifesto that I'm, that you, I'm sure you have ready to go about. I only anytime. have a manifesto um, when somebody I, goes that hard. I love this movie. It's so fun. It's like the fun, light, like teen version, I feel like of Showgirls. Cause like Showgirls is like so dark with like the horrible, like rape scene of like from like the Michael Bolton personator. Like, it's just like, that one's like, so like not, fun that this is just like the light like pop and it's like such it is it's like getting in a DeLorean and going back in time like it's it's just like fun and light and easy and I'm truly shocked in a in a whole land of like where everything gets rebooted and stuff that there hasn't been any other kind of coyote ugly has there been like it feels like this was something that would get rebooted easily I wish they would like this was. I mean, it's been twenty two years. Like this is it's time. I guess the closest thing that we've like had since is like burlesque, which uh, that's an even. I mean, that grant. I saw it in theaters, and I did buy the soundtrack, and I did buy it on my iPad uh, of the time. But that's a horrible movie. Um, but that's I think the closest we've come to it to something to a movie like this. You know, it'd be. You know, I mean, you can already see the plot. It would be. 22 years later, she's had a successful career as a musician and Lil leaves Coyote Ugly to Violet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. So and, is, is wait, Lil and dead at this point? Lil, Lil's on her deathbed, yeah. And okay. so she- uh, Is it sepsis or what is it? It's COVID. She died of COVID. Okay. And, it, co- an and Coyote Ugly got right. shut down during- Coyote Ugly got shut down during COVID- and so it's like having to pick it up in a, like making people feel safe again, especially with that much bodily fluid being thrown around a bar and stuff. How do you make people feel safe again at a Coyote Ugly? And in the Me Too era, how do you glorify, you know, being sexy to the women, you know, and having, you know, like it's a, it's. Yeah. There's a bunch a of real, like consent forms people have yeah, to fill people out have before to, they go yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be totally be done or you could just ignore all of, I don't know. I I think there's so much room for for a sequel in this or a reboot. I would love it. This movie I it still holds up. It's still fun. I love it. I my only I wish that there were more dancing scenes because for movie of like that you think of of like dancing on a bar, there's really not that much dancing on the bar. There should be way more of it. Yeah. I mean, I had, I, you know, I wasn't in it for the dancing on the bar. I was in it for the romance. And I, I was, I thought this was, I thought this was the, this to me for a nineties movie was a great epitome of an eighties movie. I thought it like really nailed an eighties rom not romantic comedy, but romantic. What is this genre? It's like not romantic comedy, but romantic. What is, what is this movie? What would you consider this movie? Romantic not rom-com, but a rom, I don't know. It was just, it reminded me of an eighties movie that actually kind of worked, you know? Okay. I could see that. Cause yeah, it's not a rom-com, but yeah, yeah there it's like a, I guess a comro. It's like a comedy, but with like, is it a rom, like rom-drom? But, oh, I want, cause it's like not that dramatic, but it is. It, it's not that it's like very fake dramatic. 
Yeah. It's like not real stakes. It's like a come drama. It's like a well, comedy and drama and romance, like all in one. Well, I loved it. And this is, by the way, this is like, uh, you know, for all you people making Twilights and Fifty Shades of Grey, you don't have to go that hard. Just do something simple like this. Like this is, oh, really? This shows that you don't have to go that insane with like fucking imprinting on young babies and, and fucking whipping butts and stuff like that. It's like really simple. And I think this shows you how it's done. And this is probably my longest podcast I've ever done to date. So the Guinness book of world records, really. I hope you guys are listening. Um, Annabelle, this will be out this week. Her podcast is called Adderall and compliments. Uh, I was just on Jeff Epstein is on this week. Uh, who else is coming on? How do we support what else is going on? What do we need to know? Um, you can just go subscribe in iTunes, um, please. Or just, you don't even have to subscribe if you just want to do free charity. And I will sleep with you. If you just hit like the five star, like that would be like enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So leave, please leave a good review. Leave a good review on this as well. Uh, these are really fun to do. Uh, let us know if you want us to keep doing these, but I think everybody uh, really likes these. So I hope you enjoy that this week. We really took you through the movie. I have a feeling Coyote Ugly is going to be your number one thing to watch this next weekend. And uh, we will, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Ryan, for letting me do this. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Bye. Betches.